Hey guys, welcome back to the Bloody Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from the moonsdeadworld.net and coltsploitation.com, and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? And uh, today we're doing, we're moving into Remake a Ween. Remake a Ween! Um, it is the Halloween series that we're doing this year. Um, if you remember last year, we did Saw. It was a all trying seven, time. <laughs> all seven films. Yeah, we did all seven films for um, And actually, speaking of that, before we get into our episode today... I did talk to a another podcast. Um, I thought was, you were gonna talk about. I thought you were gonna say like somebody on this jigsaw production. No, no, uh, no. Giving no. us giving us some more clout. Like I no, talked to the... definitely not. No, um, no. I talked to another podcast. Um, they're also doing the Saw series as a whole, and I was like, "Good luck." Yeah, I said, "Oh, we d- we did that last year. That was very difficult. That was that was tough." Uh, and they pretty much agreed uh, because they've gotten through like the first three or four and uh, they're losing track. They definitely they definitely are having a, it's a struggle for them to to get through the rest of them. Well, for do, sure, are, because, they, are they fans of uh, the, uh, the Saw films or I think they're I, I, I think so. I mean, I think that they're sort of fans of it. I would say that um, they probably have done, you know, they probably like the first couple, I'm assuming. And then like us. You know, especially me, how I'd watched all of them, but when I was doing the show, I didn't really remember, like, five through seven. Well, hell, you're, I, you're in the same situation now. Well, no, I was going to say, because it's been a year, and as we um, we were watching today's movie, I asked you, I'm like, you know, it'll link into our review, but I was like, I was asking, like, man, you know, like, we were just talking about, like, you know, like, so what 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 happened in like okay I remember I, I remember what happened in Saw One and Saw Two yeah and Saw Three but you no what happened like who, yeah. once that once you get past those you're like hmm not very memorable mm-hmm. at that after that looks like they're up to Saw Four um for their fourth episode and so they're really hitting that barrier I'm I'm assuming you know they're they're getting to the point where they're they're really getting frustrated with the whole series. Um, but I just want to throw a shout out real quick to them. They're a horror, a horrible podcast. That's a, that's tough to say, actually. That's I, I commend them when they say that on the show uh, because it's it's tough to get out. But good um, wordplay, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they're a, a horrible podcast, and they're they're currently covering the sausages. They're new, so they're new on the scene. So uh, go check them out. Give them a, give them a shot. Um, but other than that. As I was saying before that, uh, we we did the Saw series last year. We didn't really want to go with a full series this year. That's that's too much, and it makes it makes it a slog for Halloween. You want to have some fun for Halloween. You don't want to be like pushing yourself to limits the whole time. Which I mean, that can be fun too. But uh, we're not doing a series this year. We're doing remake a ween. It's a series of remakes um, for popular films. Which 
could very well just be as taxing. It could, it could be. It's just, Who knows? You know, and, and I think we have some on the horizon that aren't going to be as taxing or hopefully won't be as taxing. So that's kind of a, a, a plus. But we do also have a lot of really bad remakes that we are, have on the horizon. And the one that we're doing tonight, which is just a, you know a, a pretty bad 2000s horror film, just like some of the Saw films is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003. You know how you can tell the two different uh, part? Chainsaw is one word in this title. It's two words in the original. That's true. Yeah. They uh in 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 the original that's just wrong. Why? Why would they do that? Why are you saying yeah. why? <laughs> um yeah. instead of why. In in this one they do though. They they combine well they they spell chainsaw correctly, I should say. Um and uh in this, it's almost – it is a remake. It's definitely a remake. But at the same time, they kind of treat it as like a a sequel sort of thing, like a rehash. Um, a retell – well, yeah, retelling. Re- retelling. The, the, the opening of, premise is, you know – Yeah. The way they set the film up is uh, very much akin to like it's, like it's going to be like a sequel or lead to a sequel. Yeah. They um, – they – they definitely take a lot of the ideas of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like how the setup was kind of almost like a newsy, de- like they it, almost like a documentary style thing. And then, two, and then in two thousands, it. Yeah, basically, um, we're talking about a two thousands film that tries to emulate nineteen seventies, and uh, it doesn't and- do it very well, <laughs> very well to say the least. No. Um, you know, I don't want to get into it in the introduction too much, but yeah, it's, um, it's certainly of the time for the two thousands where they, you know, they would give a time period, but then really not give a shit about the actual, it would be like, well, we're going to set this in 1980, but none of the sets, props, costuming, none of it actually looks like it's from the eighties. We just wanted the appeal of it being in the eighties. It's the same situation for this in that. They wanted it set in the 70s because that's when the original is, but they don't do any of the work to actually make it that way. And that's kind of the how this is the crux of this this movie. They want they want things and they don't do the work to get them. Just like any other Michael Bay uh, production. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um Michael Bay definitely has a uh a he has a following for sure. And then he also has his gigantic detractors. So where do you stand on that? Giant detractor. Giant detractor. Um, you, so you're not in line to see the new Transformers movies when they come out? No, I've only seen the first one. Yeah, that, that was like against my will. Uh, any Michael Bay films that you enjoy? One. And it's a slight enjoyment. And that's The Rock. And that's only because of Sean Connery. And honestly, that was like early Michael Bay. So it's a lot different set, than... Nah, no, 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 because it's not a lot different. Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, those are all, I mean, they those have their, are all, like, fucking Michael Bay. Well, they definitely have their, uh, like, summer blockbuster style feels to them, not, like, I, I'm thinking Armageddon. Just taking that quickly, for example, three hours, three hour epic should be kind of like emotional. You know, should you know the world is going to end if these men don't stop this asteroid from plummeting to the earth. 
and they do he does work in like that emotional aspect but like pulling the heartstrings oh uh, it's ruined by aerosmith it's ruined by aerosmith <laughs> and it's also very like um i get like cliched in the way that it's done it's like this man's gonna die, and he's he's being a hero, and there's no like nuance and, to it. And just think about too, it's, when you think about Armageddon, like just think Ben Affleck, my God, what what a n- showcase for him of showing him that he doesn't care in that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like early Ben Affleck career is like such like f- so full of peaks and valleys. Some things he's great in early in his career, like Goodwill Hunting. Dogma. Even his like little bit part in Mallrats. Yeah, you know he's fucking you know hilarious. Mm-hmm. Where are we getting? Don't care. I'm an up and coming star. Yeah, you know I'm gonna squander this. Go back to a Kevin Smith film. Care a little, and then get another big role. <laughs> uh, all this talk about Michael Bay just because the production on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre does feel a lot like a Michael Bay film. Minus the explosions. Minus the explosions. Uh, kind of would have been out of place for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I can't imagine. The only thing I could see is like there's the uh, the meat factory. If they accidentally set the meat factory on fire, Dynamite not realizing there's end. like fucking gasoline in the back or something. Like there's a whole trough of gasoline <laughs> in the back of this. They were like saving it up for a big bonfire. Uh, beef, Ster- like beef jerky cook-off. Like, like stereotypical like video game red barrels. Like, just like no. scattered all yeah. around, like hey, be sh- like shoot, shoot the red barrel. Yeah. What's your favorite Michael Bay film? Do you have one that you enjoy? No, not really. Uh, I used to think I was pretty cool watching Bad Boys on like uh, CBS when they would air it. Uh, like they used to do like movies of the night, and I remember watching Bad Boys. And there was uh, and this was when I was really I was quite young. There was this. Uh, they always used to have the warning. At the beginning of the movie, saying like this movie has violent content, viewer discretion advised. And I, uh, I remember watching Bad Boys, and then um, I uh, was just kind of bragging to everybody afterwards, being like, "Yeah, I watched that movie." Said viewer, viewer discretion advised, but I watched it. <laughs> and uh, that's that's pretty much all I remember about Michael Bay films. Uh, I don't like Armageddon. It's way too long. I never it's saw such a slog. He, he did Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah, oh, I, that's never, I never watched mi- Pearl Harbor. Miserable, <laughs> absolutely miserable. Uh, I saw the first Transformers. wasn't really impressed, so I didn't even. It was on a bus trip, so they were airing Transformers one and two. This is probably one of the most miserable bus trips you could be on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I watched the first one, and then I tuned out for the second one. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, other than that, I can't think of a Michael Bay film that I was really like struck by um and and then pretty much any part of his uh producing on like horror films and remakes like we talked about uh texas chainsaw massacre and then friday 13th in 2009 the remake uh neither of them i i and really nightmare. like yeah nightmare he and, did. and nightmare um i don't like any of them and uh i know that some people have a soft spot for friday the 13th just because it is like really ridiculous in those like Friday Thirteenth sequel type ways, um, but it's not really for me. I mean, I don't love the, I don't love any new Jasons really. Um, so that that he he didn't hit me there either. Didn't get me with that one. But as we'll talk about in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, 
there's definitely a lot of flaws to the way that this film goes about trying to create homage to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, and really where it, it struggles to understand what made the that original. original one fun and rather iconic. than just kind of like it's going a, through the motions. It's amazing how remakes can literally take. It's not just this film, but it's literally amazing. As we'll see throughout this uh, next two months, how remakes can take the simplest ideas and follow all the same beats and on every single beat, fuck it up. Yeah. It's like that kid who's playing Guitar Hero on Easy. It is literally missing every like single like shot like that. It's like it's like it's literally right there. Come on, this isn't hard. Mm. What do you, what are you doing? Well, maybe they don't have rhythm, and I think that's the case with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you're talking about music standpoint, it just lacks the rhythm that it needs to succeed. So, uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. We don't have a beer this week, so we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna get right into it for remake a ween. Um, we're, we sl- we're slacking. Yeah, we're slacking. Um, I have a lot of surplus beer, <laughs> so uh, trying to finish that up before. And also, strangely enough, there's not a lot of Oktoberfests around that I've seen. We don't have a a, a high volume of them yet. So the norm because it's. J- j- it- we're just getting into September, uh, I know. but the the normies are around, like Sam Adams Oktoberfest, Saranax Oktoberfest. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen a whole bunch of them. So I know like Goose Island is out now. Um, I've seen Brooklyn's Oktoberfest, which I think we did do on this before, um, and a, f- a couple others, but nothing that's like really struck my fancy that I wanted to cover for the show. So I have. I haven't been to the store. I mean, I, I'm I'm just waiting. I'm holding out for the right Oktoberfest. So that's why we don't have anything this week. But stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back with our talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Ever wonder what happened to the actor from the 80s movie that you love? What about the director of the 70s splatter film that turned your stomach? Or, how about the model that starred in your favorite MTV video? I'd like to invite you to join me, Sean Riley, the host of Second Acts Podcast, on the first of each month as we check in with some of the most memorable faces you've forgotten to see what's going on in the second acts of their lives. You can check out Second Acts Podcast on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page for bonus content as well as ways to interact with the show. F. Scott Fitzgerald once wrote, There are no second acts in American lives, but there are on Second Acts Podcast. All right, guys, we're back for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. The remake, obviously, because we did the original last week. And uh, listen to that episode. That's right. We're kind of uh, we're moving into the remake territory and it's fresh on our minds. So that may make that may be good or and or bad for us to have watched the original and then move right into the remake, because then we see everything that the original did really well. And and we we talked about the flaws of the original as well. I mean, we did talk about, um, you know, how. Sometimes the film is a little bit long-winded in parts. Uh, how Ho- Toby Hooper is kind of hesitant to 
and edit the film a little bit more, edit it down. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of screaming in that film. There's a, the, uh, the, the family scene, the, the dinner scene at the end of the film, a little overlong. So we had to talk about the flaws. Uh, and we weren't, you know, we didn't have a lot of talk about like all of the flaws, but definitely we weren't just totally praise, praising it either. So, um, but I think that we do see when we move into the remake that, this film certainly doesn't have the first of all it doesn't have the grindhouse exploitation uh feel to it at all it has a saw feel right it's um it's definitely reminiscent of those of the 2000s remakes that were remakes in name and sub subject alone but not really trying to imitate like the actual feel the atmosphere of those films no, they're going more for the torture porn uh, type of type of vibe. I think that when we talk about you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned in, in the original was banned in certain places. Um, and it was which, considered nasty and brutish. exploitative. Uh, all when you all, watch it now, it's all it's kinds of things. Tame yeah. as hell. The only like really brutal parts is like you know just like the sickening thuds that you see from like. Uh, Leatherface bashing a couple people over the head with a hammer. When we talk about 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's much more violent. It's way gorier. But at the same time, does it really capture the tone of the original? No. I feel like one thing that we really praised and I still think is great about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I I think I'm just going to Call it TCM at this point because it's really, really annoying to Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, been, really we, annoying to kind of uh, spell it out every time. Um, the one thing that TCM did really well is have that seventies grindhouse exploitative look to it. And which I said, like that film was per is per you know made during its time. It is perfect. It, it like you know it's at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Like that the theme and what they were going for. And just how it fits within, like, the time period in cinema. It captured that really well. Yeah, it fits incredibly well. You can see the remake trying to imitate that a little bit towards the beginning of the film when you have the kind of gritty, um, filtery uh, opening that's shot like a documentary. But but it, it doesn't work as well because it's actual, like, a Blair Witch Project. Yeah, found footage style. Found footage rescue 911-esque type fucking opening where the original was like you know the still shots and mm-hmm. works more effective it's like the same thing with like the ending to night the original night of the living dead what makes it so effective is the credits are totally quiet except you know the dialogue and it's just still shots of what's you know the aftermath of the film grizzly crime scene yeah style and it makes you know works very well if they were to do that Today, it would be, like, a found footage type thing of, like, oh, they're, like, actually showing them, like, drag the body to, like, you know, the fire and all that stuff. And it just wouldn't be nearly as effective. I think what you get, though, from the beginning, from this opening of TCM 2003, um, is the film really trying to to bank on the original, for one thing, trying to capture that homage, and then also attempting to um, kind of, kind of, uh, bank on the found footage aspect of like Blair Witch Project, which uh, didn't release too far behind this. It was, it was 99. Uh, 99. So not, not too far. And then also 
um, trying to kind of force that atmosphere in rather than actually being able to accomplish it. So that that uh, I think that the film really tries to make the viewer feel like it's based on historical fact, something that the original TCM did to an extent, but it never really. I mean, it, it said it was loosely based on on true events, um, and then it kind of followed up with that by really having a lot to do with the original Ed Gein um, subject matter about you know how Ed Gein would steal from uh, graveyards, you know, steal corpses from graveyards and uh, create furniture out of the dead bodies and things like that. It really did make a point to show that in the original TCM. TCM 2003, on the other hand, wants to use that historical aspect to the film and then not really bring it into the film at all. Um, even like the Ed Gein parts are lost here. Um, we do get to see a little bit more of Leatherface actually putting on the face of his victims. Um, they make it a point to kind of show that at one point when um, Jessica Biel's character sees her boyfriend's face on Leatherface's face, <laughs> for, for lack of better terminology there. Um, but I don't think that they did a good job of documenting anything to do with Ed Gein, of um, capturing the family dynamic that was so prevalent in the original, or um, even giving Leatherface a character here. No, I, I I agree. I mean, you know, I mean, though I would say Leatherface compared to like a lot of other famous serial killers like Michael Myers and, you know, Freddy and Jason, he's got the least personality out of them all. You know, at least in, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, the only really like memorable things about him in the first film is like he's a, just a big hulking brute, makes squealing noises constantly like constantly having like high-pitched like grunts like you know like he's the guy in deliverance saying like squeal like a piggy and then he runs around with a chainsaw you know he doesn't have like as much i think that uh they do they manage to give him a personality though in that you well, kind of feel like he's a child like yeah no he, yeah that he's a but at the same time Although I don't think he's like that, you know, there's not much to him that makes him, like, memorable. I think more it's just his overall presence and then the weapon itself, you know, is what makes him a memorable character in slasher films. But in in this case, with TCM 2003, there's nothing memorable about him. Nothing about Leatherface in this film that sticks out at all. No, I I think he's that's... Ju- he's literally just a hulking mass with a chainsaw that's running around with a creeper slash Michael Myers mask. That's what his mask in this doesn't look like a, like leather like what Leatherface looked like in the original. It looks like they just took the like hey, let's do the Halloween mask. Well, I I guess what I would say is that I think the Leatherface mask in this film looks more like a mask. In that it's not really supposed to. In the original, you're supposed to see that Leatherface is kind of cobbled together a face because he doesn't he's doesn't like his disfigured face underneath, and so it looks very homemade. It looks very, um, I don't know, like rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And in here, you kind of have the almost the perfection of 
like a good Hollywood a big makeup. budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> of uh, now, now he's been able to craft like this excellently horrific looking face that doesn't really look like a homemade patch together face but more so like he was really going for this look and it doesn't i don't think it works that well to show like the backwoods quality of him and and his diy aesthetic <laughs> um but yeah i think that this leather face doesn't really have a presence as much in in here as he does in the original tcm2 because i think that this film really goes for the whole family dynamic. It really wants almost a Hills Have Eyes like quality to it. Um, that, this is before the remake. This is bef- yeah before the Hills Have Eyes remake, but it 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 is using the family portion from the original film and then going a step further. Except this step isn't as interesting, and the film spends a lot of time on the family and on people not leather you know who are not leatherface who are also involved in our protagonists uh capture and torture um i don't know how that i don't know how i feel about that i i think that they had more family member they had like a like it's yeah. like an entire fucking clan clan you know yeah. my grandma sister brother 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 daddy Leatherface, baby. Some baby. <laughs> yeah, some some other disfigured kid. Cousin. Second cousin. Cousin's cousin. It's un- yeah, no, it's totally fucking stupid. I think some of those moments work. I like Arlie Ermey in general. I think he's just a fun guy. And he does do a good job with the sheriff in this film. Um, it's, it's definitely like... Uh, they they asked him to do you know do your full metal jacket impression but just I'm like, sure that's most of his role just after ba- full metal jacket his entire career has just become yeah all right just just go more demented with it just do crazy shit yeah so you were saying do you think that he, a lot of his role was written or do you think it was just like uh early no, army just kind of do what no you know, I, I'm it was ri- it was written. But I mean, it was written to be like, this is, what would Arlie? You know, I guarantee the role was written with Arlie or me in mind, like oh. or so it's similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, because um, it's not like because in Full Metal Jacket, it's Cooper couldn't write that shit. You you know that was so off the cuff and so wildly insane yet funny at the same time. You know that it had to be like improv improvised which it was all his lines in full metal jacket were improvised and this you can tell it's like it was written to be like this is what like something that he might say or you know something that he might do because it's never as wild or off the cuff or um like surprising as what you might you would have gotten from arlie ermy in full metal jacket um it's more so like someone was trying to write full metal jacket and they they came up with something that was vulgar, but not necessarily entertaining. And I think Arlie Ermey does what he can with it. Like when he's talk, when he's doing his whole bit, uh, when they don't really know that he you know he's a bad sheriff at this point, and he kind of sh- he kind of shows up as the sheriff. He's wrapping the body, of the suicide, 
uh, Hitchhiker in Reynolds rap, and they're just going along with it. I know. It's so amazing. Um, and I think that's that's a combination of, wow, look at how stupid these characters are, which it can be a good thing because now we're kind of actively rooting for Leatherface and the rest of them to be well, by mutilating this po- Well, them. by this point, these characters are such assholes. Yeah. You it's, know, uh, it's, I mean, I, I, I think it works though. It's great. It would have been great. If there's a line like, "Why are you wrapping him in like Reynolds wrap?" Like, <laughs> but like, like, like budget cuts. We don't have. We, this is a small town, boy. We don't have money that's for the, body bags. That's know? what I love about that scene, though. I I don't even know if it's intentional, but it's just like everybody is so like quote unquote frightened that they're just willing to go along with it. Like, oh. You're not going to, like, <sighs> test anything. You're not going to, like, make this a crime scene. Not going to take any pictures. You're going to allow uh, our guy to touch the body and, like, fiddle around with it while you're wrapping around. No, they're too, they're too worried about their weed. Yeah, that's... Because it's the 70s, man. So stupid. Uh, but I do love that because it just comes off as a wildly absurd moment where everybody... Just going along with it. Oh, in this town, I guess they wrap their bodies up in saran wrap and throw them in the back of the police car. Oh, I guess the the police just meet you in a random location that you've never been to before, asking you to go to fucking the old a windmill mill. and uh, just meet them there. Drive around with a big hole in your wind your back windshield and uh, a body in the back. That's the one that pisses me off because there's like literally thirty minutes of this film dedicated to like. The body being in the car. Now, what happens is, that, like, in the original, they pick up a hitchhiker. But instead of the hitchhiker being one of the, dement, you know, the demented members of the family, it's a girl who has survived the trauma of being captured by them. But is so traumatized, she pulls a gun out of her vagina and then shoots herself in the head. Because they're heading towards the direction of the... Their, their uh, camp, basically. Of, yeah, their, of, like, of their, their uh, clan. Where they're, like, stationed. And so she just can't deal with that. And because it's a horror film, they have to play the pronoun game. Of, I'm not going there. Where? There. Why? Because it's bad. There. You know, instead of being like, you know... I know she's, you know, traumatized and frightened, but saying, say, instead of saying something sensible... Like, we can't go there. Why? Because that's where I was coming from, even though that makes no sense. There's a giant guy with a chainsaw. Yeah. You know, know, that makes no sense because she was walking the direction they were (laughs) going. Yep. So, you know. She got turned around. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a big mystic loop, but. Yeah. So this girl commits suicide in their van, and our heroes are on their way to a Leonard Skinner concert after going to Mexico to pick up two pounds of marijuana. And they're more concerned about, we just leave the body. You can't have the cops catch us with weed. It's like, uh, someone's going to eventually stop you if you get out of butt fuck nowhere and run into more sensible cops. Like, hey, you got blood splattered all over your back windshield. The dead body remains in your back seat and a giant gunshot through your back window. What's up with that? Yeah, they're not really thinking sensibly there, if that's the the main goal. I, but I mean... It's, re- it's just so annoying. Because it's literally, like, literally, why do they have to, why is that the setup for this? Yeah. Why couldn't you stick to the original of, Grandpa died, and so we're going to visit his, you know, tombstone and 
his house. Well, I mean, yeah, either that or just have them driving through and there's they break, running into they a hitch- breakdown or something. Or run into a hitchhike. Yeah, something like that. There's like not- you don't you don't need an exact reason why they're there, but the fact they make it like so stereotypical, like, well it's in the seventies, what are these kids gonna be doing? They're gonna be fucking smoking dope and going to see Skinner. Cause the country kids. They're wearing trucker hats and cowboy hats and smoking doobies. I think it's a, a an attempt to like encapsulate that idea from the 70s from some of those movies from like the 70s and 80s which is what they were doing they were they were off on their own they were smoking pot and they were getting into trouble and that's the moral of the story is they weren't going to fucking seeing skinner don't do that um yeah i mean i think i think in a way that it, it works and it was an attempt to like pay again pay homage to some of the other horror films of the time but at the same time you're right why go through all that all the time in the the length of trying to explain why someone would commit suicide and then the these teens would just go along with it by elongating how they could report this to the police because at this time you know if if the police aren't willing to meet you you just fucking stay at that restaurant slash convenience store until they do oh no i'd go somewhere else because that Great barbecue pit stop had a pig's head in the window and flies all over it. That that would have been your first sign, like something ain't right here. Great barbecue, my ass. Yeah. Um. But no, no, I, I, I can't appre- No, I can't appreciate the homage to like the idea of like. Look, I know slasher films they always have like kids smoking dope and you know having sex because it's like ooh. I think that's a stupid premise for like you know. Well, it was. I, know, I mean, I, I I know, but I mean, I, I understand it's part of the genre, but it's a stereotype and a premise and a theme that I don't really care for. Slashers don't re- like if the killer doesn't really need a, a an ex like an alternate motive for killing like that. Like, well, these people are gonna die because they have sex and all that. And I think that's stupid. That these they're psychopaths. Just they don't like adding that subtext just because you want to show tits in a, the film. They're urban. Get, they're urban legends, and they're, they're mythology to ward off teens from doing that activity because they will. this will end up eventually happening to them you, if they you, do that. You will get pregnant, and you will die. Yeah, basically. No, but, no, but I, 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 don't, I don't – that's something I don't like of the genre because like, I don't think – And you, it doesn't really work today either. You know, it's not the same sort of – Unless uh, you're It Follows. True, but I mean, it's not the same sort. It's not the same situation, and that obviously abstinence and those sorts of things they don't they don't work very well. So you can't really say you're going to have sex and then die, um, unless so you're from the work, unless you're from the south. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't work in today's sense. But um, no, my, my my main point is the one of the flaws of the original film, though this setup. It's not a bad setup that they're going to visit, like, you know, their grandpa died, so they're driving through Texas, and they're going to, like, the funeral, and they run to the hitchhiker. It's not a bad setup. The problem with that is that it does go, that part is one of the parts that goes on too long. The whole, them sitting in the car and talking, you know, to... The what, hitchhiker. The hitchhiker, and, like, it's, it's, it comes across as creepy and eerie, because he's demented, and he cuts himself, but it does like, the they... It goes on a little too long just because they extend it by, like, just having, like, stupid lines in it, like, like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy, you know? Right. 
But I mean, overall, the idea is sound and works. It's simple yet effective. Here, they're like, just like, well, what? How can we make this like a stereotypical slasher film? We'll just have you know, they are in the original. Like they had the subtext of sex is there. They're they want to have sex, but they're not. It's not overt though. It's not them, like, groping each other. Literally, in the opening of this, is like, you have two of them just literally fucking in the back. One kid smoking a joint. And it's like, hey, look, we're off to see Skinner. Yay! You know. If you if you didn't know it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you'd know something bad was going to happen. Yeah. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, you know they're all doomed for death. And obviously, with them going to see Leonard Skinner, that's that's bad shit, too. Because that's, that's rock and rocks from the devil. Um, I... I, yeah, I, I I don't like the setup for for and, sure. And as I say, it's yeah, it's made even worse because when they pick up the girl who's a survivor instead of being part of the clan that's demented, that whole bit doesn't work and it's not effective. It's just done ma- mainly for the shock and awe of like her shooting herself in the head. I will say that when I first saw this film and I that that happened with the suicide, I did think it was pretty shocking, especially the zoom back through the head. That was kind of a I remember at that time, which would have been the early 2000s, that was a big moment uh, and definitely hit during the uh, the big uh, increase in torture porn films. So for that, I guess they succeeded. And this film did make a boatload of money just simply because it Over- attracted a lot of people who were really into the whole, this is going to be gory and this is going to be ultra violent in a way that the original TCM was not more so it was more visceral and uh, thrilling because the things happen off screen, but you could imagine well, that would probably suck, you know, uh, a which I said, which I suck. said a thousand times is a million times more effective than like showing it. Yeah. But I mean, what do you think of the gore in this? Because it is, while, you know, a lot of the original part of TCM doesn't take place with violence and gore as the extremity. Um, this film does put that right fr- front and foremost uh, for for this film. You know, they it wants the viewer to experience all of the gore and the violence. So, what do you what do you think about that for this this film? Does it work? Does it is it unnecessary? Um. I mean, I'm fine with them. If if the whole point of this remake is just to make a gorier version, I'm, I'm fine with it. Just because it's going to attract a certain audience that you know it appeals to. It's not for me. Um, but I don't really think the gore is that great in this film. I mean, outside, like you said, like I I do think though I think that suicide is totally unnecessary, contrived, and done for shock and all. I do think the effect looks pretty cool. The, you know, from behind and you see the bullet go through and the, you know, mm-hmm. head pop. Other than that, I don't really find any of the, the actual effects to be, they're not bad, but I wouldn't say they're like, they're not creepy, they're not scary, they're not visceral. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that this film needs them though, because this does not have the tension that the original has. Well, not only that, not only that you don't like anyone in this film. At least in the original, there's a couple of the of the party that you're like, eh, you know, you may not like, but you're like, eh, you know, I don't hate them. In this film, it's like right off the bat, like, 
I don't like any of these assholes. They're all just sweaty. <laughs> yeah, they are very sweaty. Sweaty, miserable fucking pieces of crap. You can imagine how good that van smells. I know, and it takes like 45 minutes and then like driving around like... To that, for that, and the body to tilt over from like, oh, it smells. It's like, it's 110 degrees out. What do you mean? It's, I'm like, I was one, I was just about to say right before that part happened, and they're like, oh, God, it smells. Like, like, how is nobody like, this, like being like, this is putrid. I can't go on in this thing anymore. <laughs> this smells awful. Yeah, that that is surprising that they, they movie should have came with scratch and sniff. Like, oh, there you go. You know, instead of like 3D glasses, like, come see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 2003 it comes with a scratch and sniff car with your ticket now that would have been something because i think for the most part besides like the the gore and the the chainsaw bits the film is kind of boring the the film doesn't really have a lot going for it especially in terms of tension i mean arlie ermy <laughs> does what he can but i don't know if it's i don't know if it's enough because a lot of those scenes like you said, the car scene is really long. It takes them a long time to actually get to the place where uh, Leatherface is. So that takes a long time. And then, <coughs> excuse me, from there, um, you you don't have a lot of chances with Leatherface. It's mostly um, them figuring out the people around them are not, are like, in on it they they all are working together and i don't think it any of it is really that fun or entertaining i i would expect this remake to try to be fun first and foremost like this it's meant to be over the top a little bit and and go further than what tcm did and it's just not it's not as fun they play it way too straight yeah it's not fun it's not scary um it's just kind of does its thing. And I think what you said really makes sense. It's just very straightforward and very generic 2000s horror film. They got their fucking saw filter in this film. You got that putrid green tint to half this film when it's shot inside. Anything. And I think that it's ugly too. And not in the same ugly that the original tcm was because that was ugly on purpose that was that was grimy and grungy and like i said and like i said that's why the film benefits in being made in the period that it was made in it totally this 70s was was able to capture kind of like how vigilante like when's the heyday of vigilante films like when we did our death wish series 70s why the tone the style the editing things that were mainstays in 70s cinema at the time fit that you know just like there's always certain like certain genres that are always going to be kind of perfectly encapsulated into a certain time period spy films and westerns like the sick you know 60s unless like you're thinking like early style westerns where they're more gung-ho americans the spaghetti westerns that'd be like more like 50s but like you know spaghetti westerns and spy films you think 60s, and like the, how that time period is per, able to encapsulate that perfectly. Same thing, like, that, like a film like Texas Chainsaw Massacre fits perfectly within the subtext of the 70s. Yeah, I think this one tries to imitate that. It tries to capture like the, the griminess of this setting. 
But I don't think it does a good job because it uh, it feels, for one, too sterile and too contrived, too new. It it feels like um, it, like a two thousands attempt at nineteen seventies setting. It's not. It just doesn't have the the grittiness that the original had, and it's it it's to this film's uh, detraction that it it does that because I think like some of the scenes that are set in the basement of are just kind of they're generic they're generic and they have that greenish blue tint to them water um, for no reason water just running all over the place uh where is it coming from in this dry desert heat i don't know they make sure to show you like like in the original they showed you like <laughs> like the meat hooks and some of like you know some of like just like the slicing tools and here they got like show like the formaldehyde and like you know everything petroleum and, jelly it, him shoving salt on a wound. Be like, I'm going to turn your leg into beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, well, they got to make the beef jerky somehow. Stupid. By the way, why... Okay, in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the meat packing plant has a purpose. It's where the family worked. It's part of why they have this... Uh, it's hinted at part of the reason to why they have this demented need to kill. Because it was uh, it, their their livelihood. And it helped feed, you know, their sadisticness. Like, you know, Grandpa, you know, was the best cow killer. He bashed them damn cows' heads upside the head with a hammer so good he did it better than everyone else. You know, here, it's just there. Like, hey, the meatpacking plant. Yeah, they just run to it, basically. They find it. And just out there. they show it a few times, and at the end, Jessica Beale runs into it. And it's like, why are you running into that? You got, you know keep running to the next town over like why are you running into like yeah get out of get out yeah, no. get out of there yeah, like that makes no sense get out I was of that almost town. i was almost expecting like him to get like killed some way and like like terminator like you know him to get crushed in like something oh like, like uh yeah like, like her like, she's like running away and he's like chasing like something like would crush or grind him up like he accidentally it, fell into the lava pit in the uh beef jerky factory well that's that's terminator 2 no i know i'm just i'm talking about terminator 1 yeah no, none of that happens. Um, I think, but that, so like that, like that whole that whole part is so like to me that whole part is pointless. Yeah, it's just a way to try to generate tension by having a chase, a chase sequence, which no, I'm a huge. Um, I I do not like chase sequences for the hell of it because they just stand to take up long periods of time in a film for no for no really no reason like. And this is this is true of the original TCM as well. So then we complained about the chase. Yeah, the chase a, that goes on a chase that's like very circular and just loops around. Might as well have the Benny Hill music. <laughs> it's the same thing for this in that the chase does nothing. It doesn't really, no, nothing really occurs with it except for um, Leatherface looking like an idiot by <laughs> for running into barbed wire. His you know his own barbed wire. He and, runs it, yeah, and cutting himself with his chainsaw because he got tripped up in the barbed wire. It, I mean, it makes him look like an idiot, but other than that, it doesn't really accomplish anything, and, and it just wastes a lot of time. Um, it does, however, lead Jessica Biel's character through tons of sprinklers to get her, <laughs> her white shirt wet, and also to give her a chance to uh, meet up with Mike Vogel's character, who has been hanging on a meat hook, So and then have her do 
some really stupid things, like try to lift him off of it. After, after he hurting, ta- after he's like, no, don't do it. He's, like, I'm gonna... <laughs> she, she, he's, he's telling her, no, please, no, don't. And she's lifting he, him he, up he, on... He's a thick man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a... like probably two something, 200 and something pounds. He's a trunk, hanging on a meat you know, hook. Trunk of a man. And I don't see her lifting him off of the meat hook. So, yeah, you can. he's just kind of pleading with her, like, please stop. Please, <laughs> you know, please end this misery of me hanging on the meat hook and my inside shifting around as you, like, try to lift Jostle, me up and down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's pretty much all that's all the chase scene does. Um, but I guess while we're here, let's talk about that. Jessica Biel. The, uh, the pride and joy of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. What a, what a wonderful ass. I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, this film takes um, Shelley from the first from the first film. Like, Shelley is obviously the final girl in that, and sexes are up, <clears throat> and sexes are up. You like li- like literally have like this. I can't remember which color me bad was it that was like I want to sex you up. It's literally like what Michael Bay was probably thinking he was doing the casting for that. You know, as you said, like okay, we got Jessica Biel comes out of wardrobe and like a blue streak. Mm, no. She can't be wearing blue. Yeah. She's wearing a turtleneck. Come on. It's it's 110 out. Yeah. Got she she's gotta be wearing a really tight short white top. That's what we need in this film. <laughs> and the white top's gotta be uh tied up too. Yeah. Like it, it can't just be like a normal white top. She's gotta have it as a belly shirt. <clears throat> Jessica Beale is definitely the focus here and it's it's the jessica beal tna show yeah because it's literally like several camera shots are dedicated just like tit shot or like ass shot yeah like uh so it's literally like when you leave the film it's like the great debate it's like what'd you like did you like her tits or did you like her ass which one do you like more it's <laughs> there's no way that you could come out of this film and not think like that was intentional because so many shots are un- unnecessarily shot from, like, the ground. Like, the cameraman had to, like, crawl on the ground and, like, uh, is the butt the focal point in this? No? Okay, we'll move to where it is. And it, it just becomes almost a distraction the entire film because it's like a tease. It's, you know, because most films are going to have at least some nudity in it you know there's one one or two people who are like okay well you're gonna be our nude scenes in this film but the texas chainsaw massacre does not have that as part of its plotting so it has to go further and just have a constant tease there and like maybe you will see oh there's a nipple but as you said it's shadowed artistically shadowed (laughs) because they can have the uh they they can have a white t-shirt and it can be wet as can be but they have to like artistically shadow how much you see of it and i guess thinking about that they they did a great job (laughs) they did a great job of teasing for nearly a hundred minutes and then the viewer comes away thinking like well i didn't see anything so i've got to go back to jack frost (laughs) um the original (laughs) jessica biel let's say starring michael keaton (laughs) yeah no the other one the original jessica biel film um but she is the focal point. Uh, and 
for no good reason, because she really isn't that good of an actress in this. No, she, she's not. I mean, you can see that she's immediately. Not a, she's not a good actress, period. You can see that immediately, like, in the car, when she's like, oh, Kemper. Very forced, like, being mad at him. When like, are you going an, to When are you going to put a ring on this finger? You're an asshole, Kemper. How much do you love me? This much? This much? I, yeah, I wish I, man, if I knew being a Hollywood screenwriter was that easy, I would be, I would sign up for my, you know, screenwriter's guild card and be like, I can do this too. I can write, I can write an hour and a half movie where half the line's like, you're an asshole, and, and then just shouting someone's name. I want to smoke pot. Yeah. I can't believe you got pot. Kemper. She, I know, and she's mad because they smuggled two pounds of pot in a pinata, and she's like, we didn't go to Mexico so you guys could take, you know, buy weed. What the fuck was she doing when they were, like, buying, like, weed down there? Like, Two she... pounds of weed she didn't know. I know. <clears throat> she was, um... She didn't smell it? It's not, like, it's not like it has to be burning for you to be able to smell it. Yeah. I mean, it was right there in the back seat. She was, uh... She was out... She was probably out finding her white top in her, in her very tight jeans that probably no one in the 70s wore like that. That's the thing that's really that really bugs me about the film too is the wardrobe is so totally two thousands of five seventies consistent with it's, like how anybody would have dressed. All they had to do was take a look back at TCM the original and say like, oh okay, so that's how they were dressing in in that one, like very you know high cut uh, mid- shirts, shirts and, and, and midriff jeans, like and the jeans were pretty high cut bell bottoms. Obviously in the original in the first one. I see first one. Original, Shelly is wearing very clear bell bottoms, you know, and that it looks very authentic because it was. But in this film, like it just basically looks like they they said, you know, come with your two thousands gear and we'll try to make it look seventies. And we'll do we'll do the best we can. It didn't do a very good job. No, it did. It's very anachronistic to the time period. The only thing they really got right is like having a bomber van. I, I, I could see them like uh, <laughs> if they shot like at a normal convenience store, like they'd kind of mock it up to look 70s, but in the background you'd clearly see like a modern day like Pepsi sign or something because they'd be too lazy to be like, oh, we can't. We, yeah. we couldn't get permission from the owner to. Yeah, all of the, se- <laughs> all of the settings are very non they don't have like a time period to them. Even like the convenience store is just kind of made to look like a shitty convenience store, not like a seventies shitty convenience store. But that's, that's, that's one thing that bugs me because you can just see like, there wasn't really a lot of thought put into it. It was just kind of like, let's slap the 1973 year on here and go with it. It's just, well, not only that we said too, like, and I alluded to this earlier, like half the house, like scene and like the, and the meat packing plant too, is like, they literally saw, saw two, Saw three. Saw three. Would that have been out by then? I don't know. But, it, I mean, it looks like that's what the it The Saw like. three set. Like, I mean, that's what it looks like. But I said, like, you know, or like. I don't know if it was out at that time. I don't think it was. No. No, not till 2006. So, maybe so even Saw two wasn't out till 2005. So, Saw, we could say that Saw three stole this, stole it from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but it fits, even though it came later, it fits with, at least it fits with what Saw was going for at that point. This is just like, literally like, oh, it's, you know, yay. 
It's just, it just, it looks, it looks bad. It looks I, very bad and very bland. I agree. It, it is. It's like, it, it definitely doesn't have the tension or the scares that the original had. It just doesn't, it doesn't reach that level. And, uh, I guess we can do rating because I don't have a lot more to say about this film besides what we did, what we, you know, what we captured. Cause it's very generic. It's very bland. It's, um, it's overly long at almost like an hour and 40 minutes. It's, it's overly long in the final moments where it incorporates the family are just unnecessary, I think. So do you want to, do you want to do a rating? Sure. Um, out of 10, I guess we'll do out of 10 pig heads because that's a prominent feature. Wow. What a saw thing. Yeah. Right. I know. Uh, out of 10 pig heads, what would you give uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake? Four. I'll give it a four out of 10. That's pretty low, but I think that's probably, it, it makes sense. This is a boring, long in the tooth, shallow, totally misses the beats and the points of the original. And yeah. I'm not even, and I don't even really consider myself that big of a fan of the original. I mean, I can see why it's iconic and, you know, what it has done for slasher films and exploitation films. I don't really think it's that great of a film. I can't remember if I gave it a 6 or a 7 last week. You know, it's not much separating as, you know, one's like an above average and one's a fine film. So it's, you know, somewhere in between here. This is not. This totally misses the mark. It's not entertaining as a slasher film. It's not entertaining as a horror film. It totally misses all the beats and the points of the original. And which makes this a remake that is redundant. And that's why remakes, for the most part, are not something that I like. Because if you're the worst thing a remake can be is redundant, and this movie is redundant. It has there is no point. If this is what they were going to do to try to remake and retell this iconic story for a new generation, then this movie has failed. It serves no purpose. Mm. Just watch the fucking original. Yeah, I agree, and I think that you're right you know if you want a remake you you really want it to have something of a purpose either as an homage to it you know you realize your fans really liked the original and you wanted to try to do something new with it or at least have it be an interesting and different take. different yeah different take on on that film and this one does neither it's very generic. If you didn't have Texas Chainsaw Massacre as the title, it could have been any other slasher film from the 2000s. And it really, I mean, it, it could have just been anything. Could have been hostile. Yeah. You, you, could have been a Saw. This could be like a, a Saw movie. You, could, could have, could be any of those films. There's nothing really that, that uh, makes it stand out as a, as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have that same, like, you know, it has that music video style editing. The yeah. same, just stupid premise. And as we said, the like Leatherface mask doesn't even really look like Leatherface that much. So they're not it's not even like that's like the iconic look of him. And not only that, they like have the whole two like him dancing type thing, and it's not it's comes off nowhere near as effective at the end because he's fucking armless. That's you know, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> Jessica Beale somehow manages to chop one of his arms off with a 
with a butcher a meat cleaver. cleaver. Um, I mean, but that just I mean that part like that part just comes off just totally forced and you know tacked on. Um, in the in the finale is really just stupid because they leave this as an unsolved case because a cop they- <laughs> yeah two cops went down to investigate and they're filming it and then they were attacked by Leatherface and I, this is the only shot we have of Thomas Welker or whatever Hewitt. Welkie whatever the f- who the fuck cares that's the correct answer no one cares <laughs> also known as Leatherface and the movie just ends and it plays like that ominous like literally as I told you this movie should have ended with like like Dawn of the Dead's remake did a year later with fucking Drowning Pool like get down like Wah! That's like how fucking cliche it is. And it's, like I told you, I'm like, it's stupid. Like, oh, so these two cops died because they couldn't uh, seal the crime scene because Leatherface was lurking around. So they, didn't, they didn't send a SWAT team down to like, like, yeah, like oh, there's this fucking crazy ape man running around. <laughs> Let's send a, you know, a van full of 30 guys in body armor, riot gear, and, you know, automatic M4, M16 rifle. No. It's just unsolved. We're no, not going they there. They were like, fuck can't, that. Yeah, can't be bothered. Not going. Which then leads to the game. Like, how'd they get that footage of what happened? Did Leatherface mail it to them? Like, you guys want, might want this. Like, how did they recover the bodies, too? Did they sneak in there with a couple of morticians while Leatherface was out, like, you know, taking a piss? I don't know. Stu- like, it's stupid. Yeah, the whole the documentary aspect of it is very poorly done. And doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And so. it, I think it's almost there because it's trying to set up like a like a, a potential sequel, like so like because it's like thirty years ago this happened. So like now it's like it's been thirty years later. I guess. But then yeah. like oh, okay, so sixty year old Leatherface is going to be with his cyborg arm, cyborg arm, and a, like a wheelchair, like going to be, you know, well, he's been breeding a new Leatherface. So why are they capturing? This is the thing I don't understand either. Why are they capturing babies? Just because. Why is Anne Heche knockoff like taking babies? She feels like it. They want to breed, like they, like I said, they want to create new crazies. That's 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 all. To join I can the think family. Of. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make. Because they need a a new sheriff after uh, Arlie Ermy dies too. Well, they had the baby before that. They didn't know he was going to die. No, I'm just, I'm I'm <laughs> just kidding. But I was saying like in future they know he's going to die. So. Uh, we need a, we need to breed a new sheriff. No, I don't know. It doesn't. It's, it's again. That's kind of like the hills have eyes sort of thing. Like they were stealing from that too, cribbing from that. Um, all this movie did was like make Rob Zombie to inspire him to make shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I would probably I would give this a four as well. I agree with pretty much everything you said. It's not very entertaining. I uh, didn't really have that much fun with it. It's um it's kind of like when we did our our nineties month. Um, and of revisiting and, those films in terms like, of like it's kind of boring. Uh, not much happened, and you know it kind of was this replacing. Isn't as bad. I mean, I mean, this is like those make. I mean, this makes those like, like I know what you did last summer seem kind of fun. True. Like at least those have like a little bit. Of, like even though they take themselves seriously, like Urban Le- like as we like when we did those films, like we Urban Legend was intentionally campy. That's why it was the best of the bunch. But even like I know what you did last summer is soulless and not fun of that of a film that that is because Freddie Prince Jr. is in it. 
At least it, that's it's more fun than this film. Yeah, that that has some. I would say you know you said soulless, but that has more soul than this one does. I know. I, that's why I purposely said that one because that's yeah. that, that out of all of them that was like the you know most totally. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see. Like when we do these two thousand remakes, a lot of them are going to feel very similar in that like soulless, pumped out because of the money sort of thing. So. New line wanted that money. Yep, pretty much. Um, and that's kind of why a lot of people now are so hesitant about any sort of remake because of all of these very soulless, life-sucking remakes that came out in the early to late 2000s. Just didn't, didn't do a lot for the horror, uh, horror community. So, um, All right. So next week... We continue remake a ween with, and this is a little bit of a weird one, it, because it is technically a remake of the TV movie from the nineties. I hope Tim Curry has a cameo. Uh, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of good reviews, so I'm excited to see it. Uh, I think it has like a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, mm. with like thirty-nine reviews in. So mm. yeah, so pretty exciting so that is going to be up next for us uh next week we're going to see that uh probably monday or tuesday of this week or of this coming week and we'll have the the show up for you um so stay tuned for that and then we've got remake a ween going on all of september and october so make sure you tune in for all of the crazy remakes that we're covering uh it's going to be a lot of fun at for you guys as listeners and kind of a crap fest for us as the watchers and reviewers. Uh, but we do have a couple of good ones on, on tap as well, which hopefully it will be one of them. So I have to, I, I don't have the time really for, but I do have to rewatch the original it because I haven't seen it in so fucking long. I could, could not really tell you. Um, you, uh, specific- you don't have the time to go back and watch that four hour epic. No, not really. Six hours or however long it is. It's, it's I think something it's, like I think that. It's like four hours. Yeah. I don't know. You need to make time. So do you. I imagine you don't remember it either. No, I I uh, have watched some of it just recently, actually. Some of it. It was on TV, I think. I watched some of it, but... um, Yeah, hopefully it'll be a good time. And, you know... <laughs> it... <laughs> um. <clears throat> we uh we'll we'll try to talk a little bit about the uh the other. I film. will try to watch. I I will try to watch it because like I said, or even been, just recaps. Because like I said, it's been so long. I I mean I know the general premise, but it's it's been so long since I've seen it. I really could be asked like I, if you told me to mention certain specifics, I I wouldn't be able to at all. Hmm. Well, it'll be it should be fun to see that next week. Uh, so stay tuned with us for Remake of Ween. We're going to be going on for two months. It's going to be a great time. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're on Twitter at Blood and Black Rum. We have an email, Podcast at gmail.com. You can write to us, tell us what you think about the show. Uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much every other app that you can think of that you can listen to podcasts on. Leave us a 
nice review and rating. And uh, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Pulling Back Rum Podcast. Um, you can donate to us there. It's a monthly donation, so just keep that in mind. Um, it will come out every month. Uh, other than that, check us out on our uh, podcast network, Cultsploitation Podcast Network, at cultsploitation.com. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think. And if you would like to be a part of the Cultsploitation Podcast Network, let us know as well. We can get you in. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope to see you back next time for a new episode of our Remake of Ween series with IT. So uh, keep on listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.